0: all right everyone welcome back we are going to start the new year off with a bang and every pun is intended there (laughs) that was a you like that
1: (laughs) yes i did
0: It just rolled off the tongue. I don't even know where that came from. But Susan Bratton is here, sex expert. I've been listening to her. We spoke a couple of times before. Yeah, It's a topic that people pretend they don't want to talk about, but they all know they need to. Uh, so we're going to dive deep today, get a lot of questions answered. First of all, thanks for coming.
1: Oh gosh, so happy to be here. Yeah, I was telling Kashif that I'm uh, attending an ecstatic home birth. (laughs) And I was praying that Zoe wasn't going to be coming today so that we wouldn't have to reschedule because I've been so looking forward to having this conversation with you since I interviewed you for the Men's Optimization Summit. We did that, God, six months ago. Time flies. Just around the time you were really just launching the DNA company. That's right. um, And it was a really interesting conversation. And what struck me the most was how much you're finding our genetics impact our personality. Yeah. And so one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was... Something I did called the magic pill method. I, so I've been a sex expert for going on two decades. This is my second career. I was a Silicon Valley executive. Believe it or not, I was on the launch team for the first cable modem. Back before wow. cable modems, there were dial-up modems over phone lines. And then we launched broadband high-speed cable. And uh, so I did that for a long time, but I had this experience in my early forties with my husband. I'd been married to him for like 11 years and honestly, okay, true confession. I had two vodka martinis on our anniversary, our (laughs) 11th anniversary. (laughs) And I said, things aren't working for us and all our friends are getting divorced and it's not money. I know it's sex. And you know, I'm kind of avoiding you in the bedroom and it hasn't been good for me for a long time. What are we going to do? And like early adopter, information junkie, lifetime learner, personal development people, which I know your audience is all like me. <laughs> or they wouldn't be listening to you. We said, well, let's, let's figure out why our sex life isn't satisfying to me as the woman and, and why it's so great for you and why it's so shitty for me. (laughs) And um, we started going to therapy therapy and we did personal growth work and we did sex workshops and and these kinds of things that the minute we started going to sex workshops and learning new skills, it completely changed everything. We began to have great sex. We healed our relationship. It was like a renaissance in our relationship. And we were Mm. so enthralled. We said, let's take all our Silicon Valley knowledge and start a tech company. And this was almost 20 years ago. Start a tech company, taking the things we learned in workshops and bringing them online so that anyone anywhere in the world didn't have to fly to San San Francisco Bay Area and get naked in a workshop location. And have, <laughs> have, some people want to do that, Kashi. But some people are a little more modest. You know, it was very edgy to do what we did. And so we wanted to bring these ideas of workshops in a box, if you will, that couples could mm-hmm. do together and singles could do to get do themselves, to learn sexual techniques. So I did that for many years. And then I realized that communication skills were kind of a missing piece. And so I started developing better bedroom communication skills. And then I realized, okay, what happens with people is that, and I'm getting to the magic pill method, how I ended up creating this thing that I want to talk to you about. Cause I, there's an interesting sure. anomaly that I think you <laughs> can shed some light on. I think it's genetic. And I realized that the third leg of the stool, if you've got techniques and pleasuring skills and you understand the body and how it works. And, and I want to tell you some things people get really wrong around mm-hmm. Hormones and libido and desire. I think that's going to really resonate with one of your core constituents, which is the woman who's like, My hormones are flatlining. What the hell is going on? How do I fix this thing? Because I want to talk about that. But the third leg of the school, first leg was technique. Second leg was being able to ask, understand what you want and ask for it in ways that your partner was not triggered by, didn't feel like was rejection or criticism, you know, so you could just have this free flow of easy communication about your sex life. And the third leg of the stool was sexual health and wellness. And this is where I've gotten into sexual biohacking, um, ageless sexuality. I believe that if we're in good health, which is what you're all about, like heads up, Here's your you know here's your problem areas keep focus on these things all disease the disease starts in the body with lack of something right problems mm-hmm. gone forward i realized that I, people are designed to have great sex their whole lives but things go wrong like atrophy hormone imbalance nitric oxide shortages Just simple lack of getting the stimulation that we need to feel pleasure, erectile dysfunction, loss of lubrication, all of these things, Um, loss of sensation, which is directly tied to atrophy and nerve issues that come from lack of vascularization as well as inflammation, And so the third leg of the stool was this okay, what's wrong with your body? What's not working with your body? What's holding you back from having the physical connection and pleasure that you want? Because what I noticed was that when a partner gets ED or sex is no longer pleasurable for a woman, she's got lubrication issues, painful sex, whatever it might be, that when people stopped being able to have intercourse, Mm They just stop touching each other. I don't want to start something I can't finish. Sex is intercourse. This is all there is, you know, that kind of thing. And I I thought, oh God, I've got to help people understand that there's such a wider playing field of joy, pleasure, and connection. I got to keep people connected, generating oxytocin, you know, uh, Mm. touching each other, feeling intimate, feeling connected to each other. So I sent out an email. And I've been very lucky doing this a long time. I have a very large following. And I sent out an email and I said, tell me what is holding you back from having the sex that you want in your relationship? And don't, I don't want the answer. I don't have a partner. That's not what this is about. This is about uh, if you have a partner, what's holding you back? And here's the rub. People wrote back to me and I said, I won't be able to get back to everybody because there's too many of you and you're going to send me hundreds and hundreds of emails, but I'm going to read every single one. I got hundreds and hundreds of replies. And here's what I want to ask you. I got hundreds and hundreds of replies. And one of the things my brain is really good at is categorizing stuff. I can look at a wide disparate amount of data and lump it into buckets and Mm. make analysis from that. And what I noticed was that there was this big, big, Big bucket of people who had disease, whether it was um, heart disease that created erectile dysfunction, or diabetes that created you know loss of sensation, which is really what it does is it flame, it inflames nerves and messes up the vascularization, cancers. People were having cancers and no longer able to you know didn't feel well enough, lost their breasts or things like that. But then, and that was about eighty percent. And 20% had betrayal. They couldn't mm. get over a past betrayal, like just could not move through it. Mm. And I thought, geez, that's so interesting. So I wrestled at night. I do a lot of like, I don't know what it's called because she was lucid dreaming. I don't know <laughs> what it's called. But I think I process a lot of my unconscious understanding during my sleep. I'll go to bed thinking about something and I'll wake up with an epiphany. And the epiphany I I woke up with was teach a man to fish, which was basically, I'm going to create this communication process that allows couples to make a list. This is the magic pill method, which you can get by the way, the whole process at magicpillmethod.com. So you don't have to remember all the things I'm telling. You can just go to magicpillmethod.com and it's a free guided downloadable PDF with this construct. Mm-hmm. And it basically said, "Tell me what you used to be able to do that you miss. Tell me the things that you used to be able to do that you could still do." Mhm. And tell me the things you might be able to do again if you got them fixed. Because what I noticed was people would hit a wall. They would not do anything. They would not fix anything. They would just be stuck, mired in the problem and not touching anymore, not intimate anymore. Everything went away. They became platonic. Then they got grumpy and grouchy. And then they got divorced or they just lived a miserable life. Just because they wouldn't talk about it. So I gave them a structure to come up with their lists, compare their lists, start doing the things they could still do. Like, let's get some stuff back on the table here. Mm -hmm. You can hold me. I can hold you. You can give me a sensual massage. We could kit. It doesn't always have to lead to intercourse, but let's fix that too. Okay. What's the problem? Erectile dysfunction. Well, let's, let's reverse it. Let's reverse the atrophy. Let's reverse the inflammation. Let's reverse whatever is causing it, vascular issues. Let's get you some nitric oxide. Let's get you back together again. So loss of lubrication for women. I mean, loss of sensation for both people. Super easy things to biohack and turn around if people knew that that was possible. Using FemiWave and GainsWave. which you were on my GainsWave. You were on my GainsWave Men's Optimization Summit. Fantastic. Technology for reversing law atrophy. And um, the one thing that people, I couldn't help people with was betrayal. Mm. And I think there's some kind of genetic group category of people. Who just really struggle with forgiving and forgetting, for compassion to the yes. oppressor, or whatever it is. And I wondered if you had anything any, what how, what does that bring up for you in all the so, things that you've been doing with the DNA company?
0: It brings up a very clear black and white answer which I can tell you. yeah first of all, I want to say that the the number of epiphanies that went off as you were talking, I think you know in this little the few minutes that you've been speaking, you completely changed or you completely changed the way that I think about sexual health, and I realized that I was guilty of thinking about it in the way that we tell people not to think about every other problem, which is that it's a siloed problem, and that's how I was thinking about it which is i have a you know ed problem or i have a lubrication problem or whatever no it, it's just a, your body screaming to you that underlying there's something else going on you're not metabolically healthy you're inflamed yeah. there may be fibrosis there's something going on root 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 cause which you're now at the age that your body can't fight it anymore and it's it's translating into a condition this just happens to be the condition could have been something else Right? Yes. So I'm hearing this from you. Yeah. I feel guilty because this is what we say about everything else. And I never thought
1: of this. <laughs> You're so cute. I'll, I'll absolve yeah. you of your guilt. Officially, you are absolved. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we're here. This is why we're together today, living and learning together.
0: <laughs> for sure. It is. I honestly just opened my eyes. And that, that the whole, like every great functional medicine story, like root cause healing starts with somebody who had a problem that needed to fix it. Yeah. And it, it's always that, like, I, there was no solution. So I had to go find it and create it. And now I'm teaching others because it was so impactful for me that it's, I'm not no longer implementing, I'm advocating. I need to change everybody around me. And that's what you've been through, which is awesome. So yeah. people now have access to this. And thank you for dropping the free training. That's amazing for people. Oh, yeah. So now going back to your question,
1: yeah,
0: you know, we only thought of we when we think about sexual health, the first thing we lean on is hormones. You know, what what is driving libido, testosterone, et cetera? Uh, And so it's easy for us to map out how people may feel, right? Why there's variability in sexual appetite and that type of thing. Uh, But when it comes to betrayal, very clear neurochemical pathways that point to somebody's ability to either imprint or completely forget trauma, negative stimulus. So your noradrenaline pathway, adrenaline, we think of it as like, hey, I'm running up a mountain and I get that second wind and that boost, that's adrenaline. That feeling when you're in that state also, which is caused by anger and pain and anything that's an aggressive uh, sort of situation that you're responding to adrenaline gets boosted and adrenaline causes that imprint. It causes that, that memory, that permanent memory versus I'm doing something, get through it. It's done. I'm doing something and this is impactful. It's branded into my memory. Adrenaline causes that. So there's some people that, have a dysregulated relationship with adrenaline. They're deleted for a chunk, literally a piece of the gene, not a letter, a letter or a step, but there's an entire paragraph missing. And so they, they much more aggressively imprint and remember the feeling. It's not just the information, but the feeling. So when they say, oh, not this again, and the other person is saying, this has nothing to do with the other stuff. Like, no, I, I, it feels exactly the same as last time. Now that's one. Second, is how long were they in the moment and how much of it do they recall so there's some people that imprint i remember the feeling and some people that don't clear the noradrenaline quickly it it didn't last a long time so not only do they remember the feeling but they remember every little detail Mm. you said this and this day and this was the weather and you know. Oh, I know those the... people. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm not one of them, and I'm always at a disadvantage. <laughs> yeah.
0: And so now that that memory that's causing the pain, that that betrayal that's being pulled back. Yeah. Uh, it's they remember every detail as if it just happened. Then there's another layer to this. Two more layers. Yeah, uh,
1: I love this serotonin
0: <laughs> dysregulation. Serotonin uh-huh. meaning how much, at what level of detail did they experience this thing? So it's one thing to remember the feeling. It's one thing to remember a long piece of it so that it seems like it was a bigger problem than it actually was. It's another thing that they remember every little detail and nuance because their serotonin is dysregulated. So they experience things at a higher level of detail. And all of a sudden that betrayal, there's things that they remember that maybe didn't even happen, Uh right? And they keep stacking. And the way memory works is you remember things as per the last time you remembered it. So you don't keep recalling the original memory. Yeah. You keep remembering what you remembered last time. And you're, so over time, yeah, you're building and you're, rec- it's like broken telephone, go around the circle. And it's a completely different message, mm-hmm. you know, by the time you get to the other side. And the last thing is brain drive neurotropic factor and how much meaning somebody gives something. So not only are they feeling the trauma, the pain, they remember a lot, they remember all the details, but they also may give that thing a lot of meaning. Now, if you have this combination There's no, I don't think, you know, unless somebody is hands on dealing with each component and understanding the root cause level, there's no healing from that. That's like, these are the people that have a belief, and belief is very hard to unwind and change. Mm
1: -hmm. That
0: takes years and years and years, and it kind of never goes away. Mm -hmm. Um, It can be dealt with. I'm not saying it can't, but it has to be dealt with in a very specific way, which most people that they're going to for help don't know how to do. Right. But any one of these things can lead to what you're talking about, and that betrayal. Some people move on. Some people remember the good, and that's much more valuable to them than the betrayal that they're trying to forget. And so they lean on, they latch onto that. And so, mm-hmm. and then you've experienced this, right? So, yeah. Yeah. So there's a very clear answer as to why people get stuck and hung up. And then the solution is also very different. You have to deal with that, not speaking through it or expecting them to behave like other people behave. They won't.
1: Right. It's a somatic therapy in a way um Mm. somatic therapies so one of the things that people run up against in sexuality is trauma and we've all suffered from sexual trauma there's no one who hasn't been in some way affected by things as simple as cultural shaming religious repression which is a whopper a Mm. whopper of an impact. Physical oppression, a bad sexual encounter, embarrassment, uh, shaming, you know, all of these things. And there are some people who can move through those and put them behind them. Forgive and forget, move on. There are some people who are naturally more facile at moving through issues and some people where the issues literally get stuck in their body and this is really interesting one of the one of the biggest ways to release especially in women but also in men and, and men are also shamed, they're shamed about their genitals. Watching porn, they're shamed about their desire. Uh, men write to me all the time. Young men, they write to me all the time, and they say, "I'm so horny, I can't stand it." Wow. You know, young men in their twenties who are saying, "You know, uh, I'll masturbate three or four times a day, and I'm—it's st- all I can think about—is sex. When is it going to end? It's agony for me." It's just like, you know, then there's older men who are like, I have no desire at all. I wish I had more desire. I'm tired. The only time I can have sex is in the afternoon. That's the only time I can actually get an erection. I'm just too tired. I mean, it really runs the gamut with people. Mm. The somatic experience technique, which is actually a thing. uh, It used to be called the Peter Levine formula. Um, That's very good. But what else is very good is G-spot. Activation and release for women. And I hate the term G spot because it's the G spot is not a spot. It's actually a long tube of tissue. It's a sponge that wraps around the urethral canal. It goes from the bladder out the body and it exits the body in the vestibule for women. And the vestibule is between the inner labia. When you open it up, that's called the vestibule. It's like the little portal in, you know, before you get into the vagina. And um, you access the G spot going inside the vagina and touching the roof of the vagina. And when women have have a lot of trauma, and this could be something where, one person experiences exactly the same thing as another person, but the first person it 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 makes their sex life they they shut down they're they dissociate they're they don't orgasm well they're literally rigid inside their vagina you can feel inside the vagina that there are these little ridges hard ridges on the roof of the vagina that. When you first start stroking and massaging it and to loosen it, you're really doing a massage that is a there's four kinds of massage there's healing, there are four kinds of touch, there's healing, nurturing, sensual, and sexual. And when you're releasing trauma in the body uh, of a female bodied person with a quote unquote G spot, it's actually technically called the urethral sponge. You start with nurturing touch just to let, it's like nurturing touch is like when you hold a baby. That's nurturing Mm. touch. Healing touch is massage that works out pain and stuck fluid and inflammation and your enteric nervous system's memories of -hmm. the traumas. And can you imagine someone who has the genetic snips of, Not being able to let go of betrayal, all of the anger from trauma holding in the enteric nervous system. There are people out there dealing with this who can't quite get over and go on to having a whole and loving relationship. But stroking that area will open it and soften it, but crazy stuff happens. A, a woman will make noises that are like uh, like a banshee or a <laughs> wicked witch. Tackling, real loud kind of explosive sounds will come out of her. Uh, she will have uh, a lot of crying and sobbing from it. And when women write to me and they're like, I'm doing my husband or my partner is doing the G-spot awakening with me. I have a program called Female Liquid Orgasm, and I've helped thousands and thousands and thousands of women and their partners uh, go through this awakening process into female ejaculation, which is something all women can do. It's not pee. It's actually kind of like prostatic fluid that is recruited through the blood plasma down into that spongy tissue and contractions emit the fluid. And the fluid could be a small amount, like a wellspring, a little wetness, or it could be quite a gush of fluid. And that release, I always say, is kind of like an orgasm and a good cry, had a baby. And when you release (laughs) that, Everything starts to soften, and you move through it. Some women are like, "Is it? How long is this going to last? How long is this crazy?" It's. I made a sound that sounded like a train w- w- drove through my bedroom, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I say it won't last long. You're moving through. You're on target. A lot of what I do is I, t- I give people permission to have experiences and let them know everything is going to be okay. Like that's so funny that being a sexpert one of the, and I don't do therapy by the way. I I'm, I'm a technique oriented plus up where, where you are, take you higher kind of a person. I don't go into all the traumas. I don't do any hands-on work, any of that stuff. But, um, I I do hands-on work with my girlfriend for her ecstatic birth. (laughs) That's going to be fun. That's my first time. We're, We're just making it up together, but, um, It's so interesting to see that we can get people to release. But I would imagine there are people who would like to know what SNPs to look at to see what they're up against with regard to betrayal and wounding and trauma and why they're not facile. Why, when things change, they're resistant to it rather than embracing, oh, here's some new information. Let me just take this in. Oh, I've changed my mind. I've let this go. There's so many people who are stuck in, and I think that's what we're really talking about here is being stuck. And the stuckness, I believe, based on talking to you and listening to you has led me to understand that a lot of it is inherited, you know, response, if you will. ability to cope. Yeah. Ability to cope. It could be familial constellation. It could be and genetics. It could be all those things. I mean, honestly, I think family, have you heard of family constellation work? No. Okay. So this is really interesting. You'll be really interested in this because Family constellation work, and I don't do it myself, but I've supported someone who went through it. I I mean, I like to try a lot of different things because that's how you increment your knowledge and help more people. And so I participated in some family constellation work where a young woman was really stuck moving forward in her life. And she brought in a family constellation expert who basically, and I don't think this is the right word, but channeled, channeled her ancestors. and we i was a stand in for some like great uncle or something you actually help reenact and heal trauma from your ancestors that has come down inside your body and a lot of times i have i have this box on my shelf so in my in my in my study you know where i work at my desk i have a big bookcase with all the best sex books ever written and, you know, all the new biohacking books and all, (laughs) you know, all of those things. And uh, all the longevity books and the genetics books. And, you know, because to me, it's all one thing. It's all part of the thing. And at the top of that, at the top of the shelf, on the very top shelf, I have this little black copper box that I got from my mother who got it from her mother, who got it from her mother. Uh-huh. And it has all kinds of old passports and old documents and cemetery payment slips for the headstones and the plots and you know all kinds of things like that. And I think to myself, I look at that box and I think to myself, how much of how I express myself is exactly like my great grandmother, my great grandfather, you know, we are the biology we inherited. Yeah. So,
0: so there's a couple things going on there. There's a there's yeah. a um gentleman named Dr. You probably know him. Uh I I think it's Isaac Ilias. He does he so I didn't under I didn't know the term family consolation, but the work you're describing, I've heard of like going back and sort of transcending time and space into yeah. previous generations understanding yeah. where trauma comes from so there's the science of epigenetics yes and truly inheriting trauma like we can measure and this is published you know uh, conventional science yeah uh the biggest well best known case is uh of holocaust grandchildren right so the grandchildren of holocaust uh, survivors or maybe not even survivors but uh, and the the epigenetic expression that is very apparent that still speaks to extreme trauma. So that's been studied, published, yeah. that the second generation, next generation for sure, but it didn't get studied until sort of the grandchildren generation, that the genes are expressing differently in response to trauma as if the trauma is still there as a coping yes. mechanism, mm-hmm. right? So now, the, the, now you be, look at the behavior of those people. And it's not baseline. It's not everything's good and everything is okay. They're behaving differently because they're, they're, up, you know, they're, they have got their arms up. They're like,
1: there,
0: there's a problem to deal with that isn't actually there. And so that's, that's one. Yeah. Then there's the quantum physics answer.
1: Right. I was uh, thinking that same thing. Yep.
0: Yeah. That there, there is no such thing as time. You know, there is no such yeah. thing as the limitation of our three dimensions that we see. Versus time, whether you look at it religiously, scientifically, quantum physics is saying this, we're all connected through quantum entanglements. We're all one and the same. Uh, that ability of something impactful, that trauma moment to transcend time scientifically already makes sense. So if you haven't looked into quantum physics, anyone listening, you know, it's it may sound like foo-foo science, but this is, you know, this is being studied in Harvard, NYU, yes. uh, you know, quantum physicists are talking about this stuff all day long uh where the way time works uh it's not we think of it as continuously moving forward and the past is gone but the reality is that's how we're experiencing it because we live in three dimensions but in the fourth and the fifth there is no limitation going backwards and forwards it's the same thing and so when you think about energy and uh you know a, a moment of trauma for which your thoughts then become energy waves that get sent out into the universe, they transcend time. Uh, And if you're quantum entangled, meaning that you came from that ancestry, so you're literally of the same cellular structure, it's much easier for you to interact with that energy being put onto the universe that didn't disappear than somebody who's not so quantum entangled. You're just closer to it. So um, it's really cool that, what we've known historically in science and, you know, tradi- ancient tradition and what we were kind of experiencing in medicine and then what's coming in the future of quantum physics, they're all now kind of converging and the questions are all making sense so that no one party is saying, well, that guy's crazy, that guy's crazy, that guy. Well, we're all saying the same thing. We are just found different ways to go about it. So what you're saying is so true. One thought, however, that I just want to go back to because I want to clarify when you said earlier uh, that 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 thing that somebody is going through a woman in particular of this healing going from say
1: yeah the g-spot activation
0: and you said that and you said that it doesn't take long did you mean that this is a uh phase to get to where you need to be Mm -hmm. like there's kind of like this trauma release this repair work that happens and then you're in this place where you stay is that what you meant
1: yeah um and i'm sure there's a, a spectrum of people who feel a, a little, re- a little relief and uh, people who feel like it's completely done and over, but okay. they the enteric nervous system, holding our emotions in our cells for women, especially ends up being in our womb. It ends up being in our genital system. And when, and for some reason that G spot or that G area up, uh, inside the vagina, right at the opening to the vagina and slightly in and curved curving your fingers up toward the belly, like a hook almost, and pressure pressure with a little movement rather than stroking in and out or or s- friction. Friction is not what yeah. you do. You actually do more of a pressing, kneading, pal- palpating. And that whole tissue entity. Oh, and I got to tell you something about the clitoris that's so fascinating, too. So remind me to not forget to tell you that, about the clitoris. Um, that whole tissue will soften, open, blossom, become engorged, which means filled with blood or tumescent. And as it does that, it releases. The old emotion that is stuck in there so that wow. you become more sexually comfortable, confident, orgasmic, connected, whole. all the dissociation, the anger, the upset, the, the tightness, the resistance, the you know, all of those things melt away with loving attention and focus. Another thing you said about the quantum piece of it is that, um, you know, we talked about magic pill method as one thing we talked about family constellation as another thing. I think Joe Dispenza is very good at healing in the quantum way. So I wanted to give your listeners a lead to Joe Dispenza, because I think some people really find that helpful. I needed body-based release. That's why I like this notion of somatic therapy. That's another thing. Another lead is the somatic experience technique, or originally called the Peter Levine, L-E-V-I-N-E method. Uh, And there Mm -hmm. are a lot of somatic therapy practitioners. If talk therapy doesn't work for you, and talk therapy is great, but it can only get you so far, Um, somatic release is very, very good. So I don't, I I think we're just, you and I are having some of the earliest conversations there are about (laughs) the genetic impact of healing our traumas. Um, Uh, but that is a rich vein of exploration for people who feel like, Hey, how come everybody else is having great sex and my sex is shitty. And <laughs> and that's really what I'm all about is making your your sex so nurturing, fulfilling a seat of your power and your creativity. It grounds you. It reboots your nervous system. It opens your heart. It relaxes you. It floods you with wonderful hormones and uh, neurotransmitters work better. And everything just, your vascularization works better. Everything works better with regular positive positive, pleasurable lovemaking. But I also wanted to tell you, and this kind of goes into the, don't let me forget to tell you about the clitoris. Okay. (laughs) Can I segue to that?
0: Sure, let's do that.
1: Okay. So, because I want to get your take on some of this stuff. I've been really looking forward to our conversation because you add a piece that nobody else is talking about. Nobody. You are super unique in the universe right now
0: probably already have a sense of how invaluable a DNA 360 report can be. There's over two decades of research, 10,000 plus genomic samples, thousands of clinical consultations that we've learned from. The reports can identify things from chronic fatigue, dysregulated hormones, poor emotional resilience, addictions, weight gain, so much more as you've been listening you discover your genomic insights from the DNA company through additional reports. We now have a longevity report that's live that will tell you how your body ages and how to optimize and slow that aging down. Go to theDNACompany.com today and check it out.
1: So I want to tell you a few things and get your feedback if that's good. Sure. Studies have recently come out about the actual clitoris itself, and one of the things that if you there was a a recent a recent study that came out that took I think it was ten clitorises out of female cadavers between the ages of forty and eighty to study them and it was actually for learning where they were innervated where the nerves were and where the blood vessels came in to give the clitoral structure uh, its blood flow and sensation because when they do gender to reassignment study when they do gender reassignment um, surgeries if they mess up the nerves. There's no feeling, so they needed mm-hmm. to do this excavation, this cadaver excavation, and look at all these different clitoris. <laughs> <laughs> and they weighed them, and they measured them, and they found the nerves, and they, you know, looked at every little component of them. And it was so interesting to see the pictures. And the pictures are all at my website at personallifemedia.com. If you want to go, just look at um, clitoris body. In the search box and it'll come up with that article about the pictures because it's it's called a body and it looks like a small organ and that organ that clitoris will fill up the palm of your hand it will you can hold the clitoris in your hand like you could hold your heart in your hand or your liver in your hand Mm. or your spleen in your hand or your uterus in your hand or your prostate in your hand and when you think about the clitoris so many people think about the clitoris as this little nub and, yeah. and they also recently found out that they, when they did this, that there's 10,000 nerve endings at the tip of the clitoris, which is called the glands, not eight. That was a porcine study <laughs> or a bovine study. I forget what it was. It was like the, the cow or the pig clitoris. And, um, but, but the thing is that the tip of the clitoris, the glands, if you think about it in relation to a penis, it also has a shaft, just like a penis. Mm. And it has little arms, which are called crora. And it has little legs, bigger legs that are called vestibular bulbs. And if you're orienting yourself toward the vulva, like you're facing a woman whose legs are spread open and she's lying on her back. So her mons, venus, and her belly are up in the air. You see the tip of the clitoris, if you retract the hood a little bit, the clitoral tip is there, the glands, it goes back, the the shaft goes back into the pubic bone. The little arms go into the channels between the labia and kind of toward the back, up toward the G spot, which Mm. is actually a tube. The tube runs between the legs. The bulbs are down under the labia majora, which is basically the outer labial lips underneath the pubic hair there. And that whole thing is the clitoral structure. It's a head, a neck, two arms and a leg. It's like a little person. It's like a little woman inside there. And when people think about their clitoris, they think about this little nub, but it's this giant structure. The second erectile structure in a woman's body is this urethral sponge, this long tube. And the third is the perineal sponge between the bottom of the vagina and the rectum. We know very little about that. And what's so interesting is now what I've done is I've just painted a picture in your mind that the vagina, the vaginal opening and the tube, and it's not even a tube, it's a pocket. It's not like the opposite of a penis. It's not an inside out penis. The the penis is the shaft of the clitoris and the glands. It's just a little pocket. And because when I teach lovemaking techniques, one of the biggest things I have to get into male-bodied partners' minds is that they're not going in and out of a long tube. It's a pocket. There's a lot to explore in all dimensions. It's a three-dimensional experience. And it's not just in and out. And friction is not a woman's friend necessarily. So yeah. if you think about the vagina, that pocket, it's literally surrounded with erectile tissue. And so, so many women who are are talking about loss of libido, it's not that they have, especially in menopause, it's not that they have lost their hormones or their hormones are all messed up. They could be. Right, they could be. They could have adrenal issues. They've been dumping too much cortisol. They've worked. They've exhausted themselves. They're going through menopause. Their estrogen is lowering. It's thinning their skin, which includes their vaginal mucosal lining, which makes it more delicate. Um, but they actually get a higher ratio of testosterone to estrogen in their menopause. They should be hornier. But I think the reason that women are often kind of willing to give up their sex life they don't want to do it anymore. It's not good for them. Some women, not all. Some women are like, oh my God, I'm having the best sex of my life, which is how it should be for all women. I want all women to have to be horny and lusty and sex to feel great for them. But they get in their mind that it's their hormones when in actual fact, what it mostly is are two things. Number one, that they are never getting what I would like to Colloquially call a clitoral erection. All that erectile tissue takes about 20 minutes to get engorged or full of blood when they're young and they're healthy. 20 minutes, and then they've got a hard on so that sex feels good. Because if you can imagine a guy having trying to have sex with a flaccid penis, he's got a small member, it's not full of blood. When you touch it, it feels good, but not great. When it's fully erect, And you touch it, it feels fantastic because it's bigger, it's engorged, it's got lots of blood flow, and it's sending way more signals of pleasure to his brain, which is his biggest sex organ. Same thing with women. When sex is rushed because he's got fast acting hemodynamics, he's ready to go. And he's horny, he has more testosterone. And he's not on a a cycle a 28 day cycle we women even after menopause are on a 28 day cycle we are moon women he's he masturbates every day because he's got to keep his sperm topped off and so he's thinking about sex he's getting an erection it's fast acting he's ready to go she's been penetrated too quickly for so many years she's never had the stimulation to get fully engorged she doesn't even know she has this much erectile tissue and the second thing that happens is, so, so, so sex is rushed, she's not getting, she doesn't have a full erection, she doesn't get all the signals to her brain, sex isn't that good for her, she struggles to have orgasms from intercourse, He's he comes too fast from intercourse. And so when I can get couples to understand that she needs 20 minutes of really good foreplay, and that that for her is the sometimes the better part of sex than intercourse because she's been rushed so long, then she has finally this ability to have orgasms from intercourse because you don't even have to touch the tip of the clitoris. The whole clitoris is wrapped around the vagina. So when she gets enough stimulation, it starts to feel really good and she can begin to achieve orgasm. But the missing component, the secondary missing component is that Just as our hormones decline as we age, our ability to produce nitric oxide declines as we age. And nitric oxide is the gaseous signaling molecule that pumps our blood to our brain when you and I are sitting here talking, to our heart and our glutes when we're exercising, to our genitals when we're making love and all that blood plasma has to seep in and lubricate the vagina and fill up those three erectile tissue systems with the blood flow to expand them so there's more signaling area of pleasure to the brain and so a lot of women are looking at this like oh i i don't know my sex life is flatlined i just it's it's my hormones it's not your hormones it might be that might be a piece of it functionally for optimal health but it's your nitric oxide and your foreplay. If you got enough nitric oxide and because our systems decline as we age, we have to supplement with nitric oxide if we want ageless sexuality. A lot of guys can go off of 60 milligrams of Viagra. They can start doing mi- microdosing Viagra once they top their nitric oxide systems off, which is why I run a supplement company in the sexual vitality supplement world. I have a... a or A nitric oxide booster made from organic fruit and vegetables with no pesticides in it. And I have a daily multivitamin, multimineral complex with methylated bees for all those MTHFR genetic SNP people who can't methylate folic acid and never seem to get enough bees, they suddenly get energy that has libido botanicals in it. And I have found that once a woman, for example, goes on a nitric, you can take anybody as you want. I have one, it's called Flow. And uh, when she gets on that, she's like, I am more wet than I have been. And I can't even remember when. And when, even though how lubricated you are isn't correlated to how much desire you have, being lubricated creates desire. You feel hornier when you're lubricated. So I was just thinking about what you would say, all the things that are going through your mind as I describe that that body piece of it that people are not at all aware of.
0: Well, first of all, that was profound. (laughs) <laughs> and I, I, yeah, because um, when I think about the way you're describing it, I just think about all these people that just have accepted right. where they're at yeah. and already pre-planned that with aging, they're going to lose it, yeah. you know, and what's happening with relationships and what potential there is, regardless putting sex aside, all of the, what comes from it. Right. The the relationship, the love, the oxytocin, Oxytocin. the orphans, like these are precursors to other hormones. You can't make other hormones without these hormones. And then it's also just overall health. Like, you know, cardiovascular disease, mood and behavior, hormone regulation. Uh, You want to be healthier. Here's a tool that actually is needed. And for men particularly, we see the difference in cardiovascular diseases. directly correlating to poor sexual health.
1: Right. And that's a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, right. the first thing that goes are the, the veins and arteries and nerves in your penis. It all retracts because for, for your, for your um, nerve to exist, it has to be innervated with the blood supply from your cardiovascular system where it retracts so you lose, when you, when you start getting plaque in your veins and arteries, then you get stiffness and the stiffness, right. the endothelium, the smooth muscle tissue can't squeeze. And the penis runs on, um, a locking system where, um, it floods with blood and that pushes the lock closed. It's actually a push lock. So Mm. the most common thing that men get is they start to get bendy. They don't have as firm an erection as they used to. And And at first it's just, okay, it's just not as hard as it used to be. And then it's like, oh man, now it won't stay hard. And then it's like, oh man, now it won't even get hard. But the get hard is the, usually the last thing, unless it's a psychological issue and, you know, like they're angry or upset or worried Mm -hmm. performance anxiety that affects men greatly as well. Uh, But the locking, it's got to get filled enough to lock off and hold the blood in. And that's what happens first.
0: Yeah. So really it was like, I I started just thinking about people because this is what we're doing, which we're yeah. overall health, optimization, vitality, longevity, health span. How do I live my 20s yeah. into my 90s? And, you know, what you're talking about is so implicit there, but people don't think about it that way. And I just, you know, just a word out to anyone listening, like remove the guilt and the, you know, whatever. This is an important part of you and your health plan, right? And and that vitality that you want. Um, and it's attainable because this belief, Just like we believe, oh, maybe I'm going to have cardiovascular disease or I'm going to have cancer. I don't know what's coming. You don't have to have those things if you understand why they happen. And it's the same thing here. But to to answer your question, you know, uh, what doors that open in my mind, um, we do see variability based on hormone pathways. And we can kind of predict. And this is where there may be some. um, Here's the path and what the problem looks like. And now for somebody, that problem is exaggerated or it's non-existent because of what their hormones are doing so there's some some men for example that are just much more estrogen dominant yeah and they just fall in that bucket you know they have beautiful shiny hair nice skin but they don't libido just isn't there Mm -hmm. it doesn't and as they age it disappears quickly um and there's um some women for whom that monthly cycle you talked about is a real roller coaster because of what's happening with hormones. Some women don't even notice it. They go through it and it's like, yeah, I got a bit of cramping and pain. I know it's coming. And there's someone where every week is different. Now imagine that impact on the relationship, you know, where it's chalked up to mood, you know. Yep. There's so much more going on. The belief actually changes. Hormones change the way you feel. So your perception of reality actually changes. Yeah. And that feeling of like, I want this, I don't want this. The same person can believe two completely different things two weeks apart. And now, the person who doesn't understand that, who's trying to be their partner, you know, and feels like they're causing a problem, and they start to get shamed and guilty, and that breaks it apart even more, you know, so that that's the those are the kind of thoughts that I started having was there's all these little micro pieces that people need to individually pick apart and fix and fix and fix and fix, starting from it's not innate, it's not a problem, it's not there there this is fixable, yeah, right. And if you and like you said, you start from the baby step, baby massage to like something more intimate and keep, can keep going. You have to do that with all of what equals great sexual health, great relationship, longevity, et cetera. So you open that door in my mind where it's work. It's It's a, it's a piece of work that we're not, we're taking our supplements. We're taking our omega threes. We're going to the gym and training, you know, we're working on our mood and behavior and our mental health. How much time do we put aside to work on this? Yeah. Right. And it sounds like if you do, the results are kind of waiting for you. They are.
1: Well, it's interesting, too, because a lot of intimate touch, whether it's sexual or sensual or just nurturing and healing, generates oxytocin. And uh, I'm a low oxytocin producer. I'm genetically not a great oxytocin producer. And uh, I also had an insecurely attached childhood. So security is my number one relationship value. I wrote a book, one of the books I wrote, I've written 44 books. Can you believe it? This is what happens when you get old. You're like, hell, that's my 44th one. Uh, One of the books (laughs) I wrote was called uh, Sexual Soulmates, The Six Essentials for Connected Sex. And one of the components that I teach people is called the soulmate embrace. Um, You can get that, you can download that technique at soulmateembrace.com. And it's a way of being held that we've never been held, that once we're held that way, we're like, my God, I've waited my whole life for that moment. And Mm -hmm. one of the reasons it's so profound is that it generates oxytocin. And oxytocin though it's often considered to be, you know, the love chemical or the 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 thing that bonds you or bonds the, ma- the baby and the mommy or bonds the couple together. It also just makes you less annoyed with people. <laughs> <laughs> and what, I don't know if you've ever had, have you ever had Dr. William Davis on your show?
0: Oh, okay.
1: No. I got to introduce you to Bill. Oh my God, I love this man so much. First book he wrote was Wheat Belly. When I was going gluten free. Second book he wrote was Undoctored, Taking Your Health into Your Own Hands in the allopathic world of medicine in which we live, which would really resonate with your listeners. And the third book that he just wrote recently, his latest book is called Super Gut. And Super Gut was, and now we're know now we know so much. I mean, Dave was just on your show, Dave Asprey was just on your show talking about how. So much of what's going on is um, with your mitochondria and your overall health comes down to the bacteria in your gut. <laughs> oh. And one of the things that I do is I make my own yogurt. I Just before I came on the show with you, I drank a smoothie that I used my own yogurt that I made from scratch and I incubate it for two days. Um, so that it has a lot of colonizing units. It's got billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of colonizing units. and i I go back and forth. I, I used to do lactobacillus ruteri, l ruteri, which is the bacteria that creates oxytocin. And if you have, it's a very sensitive bacteria that we used to all have before the invention of antibiotics, but mm. we don't have it anymore. And Bill thinks that one of the reasons we're also cranky with each other, and we're also bifurcated and, uh, you know, tribal these days, is that you know the, one of the reasons is that we don't have this lacto- lactobacillus ruteri generating this oxytocin in our body. And now he's in, he's part of a company called Oxyceutics, and they have a they have an L. ruteri capsule. So I take the capsules because it's also good for your hair and your skin. And I'm vain as hell. (laughs) I mean, I I have an OnlyFans. I'm on OnlyFans with sexy pictures of myself. And I'm 61 years old. And I'm working to be the most gorgeous, hottest, sexiest, 80. And 90-year-old I possibly can be. So shout out for all your longevity people listening to this show. I mean, I'm doing everything I can to take care of my skin, both from an immune and systemic health perspective, but also because I'm damn vain. And (laughs) (laughs) so I take Bill's Oxysudix gut to glow. It's called the lactobillus ruteri, which helps me generate oxytocin and have good skin and hair but it all but i i make the yogurt now with um, lactobacillus coagulans and um gasseri lactobacillus gasseri and those two are very good because i work out every day i'm big into muscle building i love i'm a tall lanky person it's, it's very, i it's i'll never be ripped but i am strong as hell i'm like a friggin barbarian and i love that oh. Because those two bacteria, one whittles the waist, and I like to have a nice thin waist, big boobs and a little waist and big hips. That's what I like. I, I want to look like Barbie. Don't blame me. This is my era. This is what I look like. I'm a nice German girl. <laughs> and um, the other one is a mood influencer, a positive mood influencer. So when I found out I had a genetic anomaly where I have methylation issues, I started taking Sam E. Every right. morning, 1600 milligrams changed my life because I'm a poor methylator. And I take yeah. this, these uh, probiotics, which improve my mood, help me build muscle. I also take that urolithin A, mitopure urolithin A to help me build yep. muscle and do mitophagy in my musculo skeletal system. So I really like a lot of those products. And I also supplement with testosterone, estrogen, and progesterone. And I put the testosterone, I have it compounded in a shea butter, an organic shea butter by my compounding pharmacy. And I apply it directly to my clitoris and labia because I want to keep my genitals meaty. I want no atrophy. So I get Femi waves. I use a VFIT Gold intravaginally, which is a red light, a photobiomodulation intravaginal device. And I put testosterone on my clitoris. And I also use a vulva and clitoral pump once in a while to expand the blood carrying capacity of my genitals because I have a fair amount of sex. And I also, at 61, still have my period because I want to because I have this stupid catchphrase I've come up with. It really sucks, but I don't care. It's if I ain't bleeding, I'm receding. We are planned (laughs) obsolescence and I'm pushing out my obsolescence as far as I can. So I really wanted to share like clitoral tumescence and engorgement and blood flow and nitric oxide boosting and putting hormones on your genitals and doing these regenerative therapies like FemiWave and GainesWave and using vacuum erection devices and using photobiomodulation and all that stuff because at 61, I'm having the absolute best sex of my life. I'm good at it. I've learned lots of skills. I've gained more sexual confidence. I can ask for what I want. I have lots of fun ideas. My body is responsive. My orgasmic intensity is like a 30-year-old. I have a great, plump, beautiful vulva because I do these regenerative treatments to it and it looks young and it's fresh and delicious and rosy and beautiful and lubricated like crazy, man, after the last femi wave sessions I did, I'm like dripping wet. And that makes me feel more turned on. So doing all these things, overcoming the traumas, standing for your sexuality, doing your biohacking, managing your genetics. Okay, I got MTHFR, I got to get me some methylation going, you know, like I got to do some neurotransmitter recycling with my CME, et cetera, et cetera. Once you can start doing all those things and you do them one step at a time, everything was just one at a time, I added stuff in and I got my program and this is what I do and it works great. Um, it's, it's a great time of life my my mind is on fire i'm doing my best work of my life i'm having the best sex of my life i'm stronger than i've ever been in my life it's just you know these are the things that i want people to believe are possible for them too i want to be a i want to be i want to stand here as an example as a model of what is possible that we deserve to have
0: oh that's beautiful that you've done it which is the proof in the pudding like this is what's possible no one would ever guess you're 61 by speaking to you and talking to you in in any <laughs> aspect. The way you look, the way you speak, the way you think, you know. So it's amazing that you're showing the world. Here's what's possible. You know. Do you want to work on it? We also know how to work on it. There's no yes. guesswork. So in, in 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 terms of that, can people actually work with you, or how how do they? Is it more learning from your blogs and websites, or where do, where do they get the info?
1: Yeah. So I have um, a couple of things. The first, the first thing is my main website is personallifemedia.com, and it's searchable on the probably close to 5,000 articles I've written over the last 20 years. I also have a website at betterlover.com. Better Lover is um, hundreds of videos. And one of the ones that I really recommend people watch, there's a couple on there that I'm particularly in love with right now. One is how to have passionate lovemaking. Another one is how to give a yoni massage. Yoni is the tantric lovemaking word for female genitals, and lingam is the the male. A not an you know the, the word for the penis. And those are really nice. That's at betterlover.com. I also have every vaginal rejuvenation experience I've been through and whether it worked or not. <laughs> Everything okay. about gains wave and penis pumping. I have um all of that for men who want to reverse the ravaging of aging for their male body. Um, and then I'm on Instagram at Susan Bratton. And that's my OnlyFans as well is my name, Susan Bratton. Um, Those are good places to start. And then if you opt in for Magic Pill Method or the Soulmate Embrace, you'll be on my email newsletter. I send out sex tips five days a week, or you can get a weekly single email digest with all my articles. Um, And that's a nice way to kind of begin to start learning what is possible for you and where you want to start figuring out how to create more joy, pleasure, and oxytocin together. Mm.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. I think this is like people listening, like this is the thing that everybody kind of needed to know, but was either afraid or embarrassed to ask.
1: Or just didn't know know to ask.
0: Yeah, didn't even know it's possible that there's a solution. So Thank you so much for joining us because I know this is going to impact a lot of people very positively. Uh, And I would urge anyone that, you know, wants to dive in deeper, you know, contact you, reach out, um, look at the supplement line, nitric oxide, for sure, 100%. And And if you formulate it in a way that's specifically for this purpose. It's, it's a real great, so do, can people jump right into that? You were saying there's like a wean off thing from Viagra or is it more like just go ahead with the nitric oxide?
1: You can add nitric. So it's at Buy Flow Now. That's my best website. It has the best pricing. I only use it for podcasts. B-U-Y-F-L-O-W-N-O-W, com, And um, you can start taking it. The best time to take nitric oxide is at night. Two capsules as you go to bed. And then two capsules before lovemaking. And that'll get the blood flowing to your genitals. And for many men, they've told me that when they used to rely completely on Viagra, some men have been able to stop taking Viagra once they built their nitric oxide stores up. Some men have had to t- had to go get Gainswave treatments or use the Phoenix Pro to re- rejuvenate the tissue, the nerves, the capillaries, and the penis. And then, with the flow, they're able to not take Viagra anymore. And then there are some men, especially men with diabetes and heart disease, who they'll regenerate to like eighty percent. And they won't have to take Viagra or they can take a microdose. And when you might, so the typical Viagra amount is uh, like they the standard is 60 milligrams, 60 milligram dose. A lot of men, they can take a quarter of a Viagra or even an eighth of Viagra and put it sublingually right under the tongue. Therefore, it bypasses the liver and goes right into the bloodstream. And they take that before sex. It tastes a little bitter, but... I, Personally, I don't mind bitter things. I I eat a lot of bitters because they're good for you. Um, Mm -hmm. And when you don't eat a lot of sugar, bitter doesn't taste that bad, right? So that's another interesting thing about bitters is bitters are actually delicious when you're not hooked on sugar. Um, But anyway, you can put it sublingually right before sex, and then that's a little boost that you'll get for increased blood flow. But you can bring up your blood flow with the nitric oxide supplementation. Some guys don't ever have to take it anymore, which is great. I'd rather people get off pharma and onto things made from organic fruits and vegetables.
0: Yeah, I feel like we could go another hour and we'd still be scratching I'll come the surface back. or something. I'll come back.
1: I've got so <laughs> yeah, many more things to talk about. These were just some of the yeah, things that no, were no, on my mind as I was as I was thinking about you over the last couple of days, knowing we were getting together. I was just like, yeah, there's some things I want your take on. And I've got more.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So we'll plan this in the new year. We'll, we'll talk again. This was awesome. Thank you for taking the time, especially given you're with your friend right now, waiting for this baby to come out and you're taking part of that. So good luck there. Thank Thank you. you again. This was awesome.
1: Good to see you.